Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics, Baby Lock, and the Electric Quilt Company. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat. You know, first, my first guest, I have to tell you, I have loved her work from as long as I've actually seen it. I don't even know when that was, but Janet Wecker Frisch has a design aesthetic that just speaks to me. It's whimsical. It has sewing. It has holidays. Janet just does everything. She she designs under Joy Studio. That's her company name. So I'm thrilled, Janet, just thrilled to be able to talk to you. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you, Pat. Thanks for having me. It's you a know, real treat. You know, do you remember what the first thing was that, that you made? Could, you know, how long ago was that? Um, the first, uh, first fabric collection, yes, I know very well. Um, and it was um, Hungry Animal Alphabet ah. collection. And mm-hmm. it was probably as far back as, I want to say, 2001. Mm-hmm. And that was my introduction into the quilting industry, that that collection. And um, I think it we was all pretty... own it. I think all of us. Okay, <laughs> I think <laughs> so. It was a it was a huge hit, and um, my niche in the fabric industry was uh, was uh, formed with that line. Um, so, what were you designing prior to that? Because I know you design other things still. This isn't the only thing you do. Well, it was pretty early um, in my uh, professional career. I had done um, local arts and crafts fairs while my kids were growing up. But mm-hmm. once I once I broke into art licensing, um, one of my first uh, partners was a, a fabric company. Oh, and okay. Yeah, it was a fabric company. And so they whisked me out to L.A. and gave me a two-day crash course on how to design fabric. And I was pretty overwhelmed. I was, welcome. I was just, welcome. Here, design, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, that's you know, crazy, my mom had Janet. Sewn, I know it was very crazy. And um, my mom had sewn when I was a kid, and I saw, you know, I was around it a little bit, but... She didn't let us use her sewing machine, so I did not have any hands-on experience. So, um, so I just had to learn pretty quick. And, so, when um, you went when you went out there to talk to this uh, company, what was one of the things that that you were surprised they asked you? Well, everything surprised me. I was just <laughs> um, bowled over because I didn't even know. I didn't know what the salvage end. Uh, was I did not oh. know specs of fabric. I did not work with fabric, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was all new to me. Mm-hmm. And they gave me um, all that information, and um, it was actually a man named Roy Frem that noticed my art and liked mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. he he claims that he was the one that discovered me. So he, <laughs> so, and I <laughs> he, think he'd been in the he's industry take all a long the credit, time. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And um, it's just been, it was a great industry for me to land in. Um, I, again, it was new to me, 
but and and I really was trying to design. I was trying to get a foothold in the gift industry. Mm-hmm. Very tough, but I landed in the quilting industry, and it has been perfect for me um, to connect with uh, my peers. Mm-hmm. And I think my designs just resonated with with them right away. And I'm tell, tell so me a grateful. bit about what your art looks like. Uh, just, just tell me you know, what it what it is that you create. Because a lot of line drawings, okay. but also a lot of of images. Yes, I started out um, doing hand art, drawing, uh, watercolor, and ink, and that's what uh, Hungry Animal was then. Um, so a lot of handwork, and then. My inspiration, my style, I was, I was trying to emulate a children's vintage storybook style um, mm-hmm. art because that's what I grew up looking at. Uh, my dad had some old uh, books from the 1930s, children's books from the 1930s, and I just, I did, I just poured over those as a, as a kid, and mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to try to achieve um i'm still trying to achieve that look i so anyway <laughs> uh with with uh hungry animal becoming such a hit that fabric company had me do several animal lines after that along that same style and we did animals in every just doing everything mm-hmm. uh, to the point where where i just Got it out of my system. I did not <laughs> want to draw animals anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. But, I need a change. That's... Yes. <laughs> yes. And and what, so when I did need, when I got that change, I I started leaning toward um, uh, inspirational um, lines. And I did uh, two garden lines, sowing seeds, and... I did She Who Sews and several creative, a little more steampunk-inspired mm-hmm. girls. Mm-hmm. But I always kept the sewing element. I introduced um, scripture at that time into my fabric lines, and I tucked it in here and there subtly, but, it, but it's, it's been there in my fabric lines ever since. Um, but I really liked the steampunk movement, that kind of look. But yet in our industry, um, I had mixed reviews <laughs> at first. I did have mixed reviews at first, but it's done very well. And mm-hmm. so I still like it. Um, I mix my own handwork with antique illustration, which I've collected always. Um, I just love illustration, always have. You know, Chuck, I love the scale of your work, Janet, because you will have things that, for like a quilt maker, they're very usable. You know, they're they're, they're the scale that we're nor- normally familiar with. Then you have like these glorious upsized pieces that are, you know, a lot of them. I'm thinking of the one sort of like in the uh, paper doll one where you have yes. a big a big drawing. Uh, yeah, that must be really fun for you to create those sort of bigger pieces. It is. That's that's what is the most fun for me because coming from an art background, really my my love is to draw 
and mm-hmm. um, I, I've kind of, um, I have to be, rain, uh, they have to pull the reins in on my scale because I always want to <laughs> do big, 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 because it's a picture. Yeah. To me, it's a picture, right. and I'm like, right, no, right. wait, I want a big picture. But learning how to quilt and sew and use the fabrics has really made me realize, you know, the different needs to making a quilt and and other projects. So it's been it's been a learning curve for me um, the whole way through this this um, process. But it's been very fun, very fun, and very challenging. Janet, I've been following your uh, Facebook page, your business page there, where you were sharing a lot of sort of almost not not so much daily, but very, very often you're sharing sort of how you you put things together, how you look at the things in your studio. Your studio looks just amazing. It's detached from your home. Yes. And in fact, um, I've always said my studio was in transition, but uh, always, uh, always transitioning from, from, um, we, we've gone from the lower level of our house to a rented space. And then just, um, about two and a half or maybe, maybe not quite two years, we moved into, um, we built a detached building for, for my studio. And, it has been very fabulous. Um, you have lots of windows. Like I have like, lots of windows. Right? <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yes. Um, I put eight skylights in the ceiling, wow. and wow. every wall is windows because I worked in my lower level of my house for probably 30 years, oh, wow. and I just couldn't see. Uh, it's a walkout, but you still don't have that kind of natural light that you need um, for drawing or for sewing, I, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And so the light is is really um, a great asset to creating. So, and now plus, have, it is detached. It and is so detached, it's, yeah. So you have to it's walk. It's kind of out. like a clubhouse. See, you walk yeah. through the snow to get to it. One day, there that's, you were. That's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only thing right now that's a real detriment because we are so wet here in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and it's raining all day today. Again, it's mm-hmm. so muddy. That's the. I don't have a walk yet, oh. but I vow to get one. <laughs> That'll be the first uh, because thing we're in as the soon woods. as it dries up. Let's put yeah. in a walk. Yeah, we don't. We have only a little bit of time left. Can you tell me what your favorite thing is to collect? Because you have a lot of things that you use for inspiration. Yes, and I've always been an antique um, collector since I was a young girl. But since I've been in this industry, of course, I've um, I have some family sewing items, like I say, from my mom, from my grandma, and some I've just collected. But I love to collect. Um, antique and vintage illustration. And so that is what inspires me and also used. It always finds its way into a fabric line somewhere. Yeah. And it's just what inspires me and um, children's books. And your fabric, uh, we only vintage. have about 30 seconds. Your fabric is with Riley Blake now, and your newest Riley book coming Blake. out yeah, will be Yes, Halloween, Riley Blake right? Design. Mm-hmm. I will have two new lines at uh, Spring Quilt Market. And um, 
Costume Makers Ball will re- uh, deliver to shops in April. Oh, wow. And that's a Halloween I can't line. Wait. And so, it, it, that's an amazing you. line. Thank you. Yeah. You know, Jan, it's been a real been... fun journey, Pat, is what well, I could tell you. And it's been delightful to talk to you. I'm so glad we, that you could join me. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad to. Thank you. Thanks, Everybody, Pat. visit uh, Janet out at Joy Studio. And we'll be right back. Layer cakes, jelly rolls, honey buns, and turnovers. Oh, my. Inspiration for your favorite Moda Fabrics pre-cuts are just a click away at the Moda Bake Shop. Search the vast catalog of free patterns by project type or by pre-cut. The Bake Shop chefs are also cooking up fun all year long to celebrate the Bake Shop's 10th anniversary with quilt-alongs, giveaways, challenges, and sewing tips. Visit modabakeshop.com for all the fun. Want to design your own quilts? Now you can with Electric Quilt 8 software. Design quilts, blocks, and import your favorite fabrics. Or use any of the thousands of designs in the library. Podcast listeners, take 20% off your purchase through May 31st, 2019 with code PODEQ8. That's P-O-D-E-Q-8. Get more info at electricquilt.com slash APQ. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat. When you hear the word boho, like you get sort of a vibe for what you're going to see. And when you hear boho embroidery, that takes us sort of to another level. And I have Nicole Vogelsinger here of Wild Boho fame. Uh, She has embroidery books and the style that is just magical. I really love it. Uh, Nicole, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you. You even named your website Wild Boho. It's like an amazing name. You're lucky you got that uh, name. <laughs> I know, right? It was a few years ago before Boho was really big. So Yes. Yeah, you snagged it. You did good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You told me you have, you have background as an artist. Uh, you know, Or do you have background? I'm getting myself confused now. Sorry. No, uh, not what a, is your background? <laughs> not, not formal training as an okay. artist. I've like so many crafters, I've been just doing it for so many years since wow. I was little. And, you know, in in every form of craft, I've had some, you know, dabbling in that. Mm-hmm. So no formal training, though. Ah, okay. I was misreading my note. Uh, but, you know, your your color sense is astounding. And it just, I love how you put things together. Did you start out working so colorful? You know, I've always liked color, but I think this style that I've developed has kind of grown through time. Um, I do like and have from the start mixing patterns, and I'm not really scared of putting, you know, florals, something bold with plaids or stripes. Mm -hmm. Like mixing and matching is 
something I really like to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I have with this, you know, small projects, I have the freedom to really work with a pattern like that. Now, how did you discover that embroidery was feeding your soul the best? What, you know, you've probably tried a lot of different uh, types of, of creating. Yeah, you know, it actually started because I uh, have a fear of the sewing machine. Oh. And I, you know, my mom loves sewing, has quilted and, you know, does uh, clothing and tried to teach me when I was younger. And I really just could not get over my fear of jamming up the machine and making a huge mess. And so I kind of gave it up early on. I, oh. I know how to sew now. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it, but it's really something I have to push myself to do. It's not something I love doing. I mm-hmm. love working with my hands. So handwork and embroidery is my love. Well, when you did your first embroidery piece, did you go like, okay, I did that. I'll do something else. Or did you do it and you were like, oh, my goodness, this is it? You know, I think I started I started making more like nursery sort of prints and I was just having fun experimenting with mixing like maybe a little bunny from a fabric and putting it on something else. So it was very simple what I was mm-hmm. making. And so after my first few simple pieces and I got those out of the way and then I started really experimenting with like fabric collage. And there were just so many fabrics that I loved and I wanted to have them all and keep them all, and I couldn't because I have small spaces. But little pieces, like a flower here and a little element from this one, I found that I could mix them and come up with a small piece of artwork that I could then embellish. You know, the, you've written several books. Uh, you also have uh, some online class. Um, I don't know how many classes you have online, uh, but you have a recent one. But tell me a little bit about the how your embroidery looks, because it is different. It is different. It, it, is, it looks like a fabric collage in a hoop. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you need to see it close up to really see the detail, because layered onto that is thread and beads and sequins and Lots and lots of texture. I love texture. So when you're taking, I'll, I'll talk in quilting terms. Um, you're oh sort boy. of like appliquing different shapes, which is, is the same thing as calling it collage, I think. You know, the same same kind of right, concept. Yeah. And then, then you will take that, like you were talking about the bunny, so that you would have like a bunny cut out, and then it would be on top of something else, and then you're embroidering all around that. Exactly. So it's like raw edge applique. Mm-hmm. on fabric, I get it in a hoop so that it's movable and portable, and then that's when I really have fun with layering, you know, the stitches, on the embroidery on top of that. So you have the two books, and tell me what's the yeah. difference between them. Are they companions, or are they sort of totally different? The, I think they're companions. The first mm-hmm. book leads nicely into the second one. Okay. Um, the first one really teaches the method of how I do this embroidery, the different, you know, embroidery transfer techniques that there are. Um, There's 20 stitches that you can learn. And then the second book leads right into that um, with more stitches and lots more texture. And I work with beads. Um, There's more patterns, although I have to admit that 
I did include lots of patterns, but I encourage you not to follow the patterns because I don't really like following patterns. So, yeah, it's a very free-spirited sort of uh, project that you can take on. I know. Patterns are a good stepping stone for those who, you know, aren't used to doing it themselves. So it lets them sort of start there and, and move exactly. forward. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. are you actually, in, when you put it in the hoop, um, everybody think embroidery hoop, that's what we're talking about, like the round things. Uh, so do you stitch it all in that and then it becomes the frame? For the most part, yes. Okay. Um, I do work with large hoops. So I'd say anywhere between like a 10 and 14 inch hoop then mm-hmm. becomes the frame and get secured in there nice and tight. And then you can hang it on a wall, like a gallery wall, include it with, you know, other artwork. Um, I've also stitched just fabric pieces that I can then attach to a canvas. So I can do other shapes besides just in a hoop. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can put these collages on clothing or bags. Like, it's really up to your imagination what you want to do with it. So tell me what one, tell me a tip for starting for somebody who has, you know, you're looking at one of yours and they're like, you know, they're not probably not going to find the exact same fabrics because it looks like some right. of those are probably vintage fabrics. I was looking at the one house. It looks like I may have had sheets that looks like the background of that. I mean, it's like a crazy 70s kind of awesome flower print, you know. So how right. do you, <laughs> do you know what, what, I, what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think. And yeah. you know what? I think that one that you're thinking of might have been from like a '70s tablecloth that I found okay. at the thrift store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I would say so start with I... fabric that you love, like mm-hmm. that you love looking at. Um, start with one background fabric and one element that you that you want to focus on. Um, and from there, you know, different products that you can use. I use a fusible uh, web to help with the applique, but really starting with two two or more fabrics that you really love. So when you cut out, I mean, some of these you're cutting shapes out, but sometimes you're actually taking the, let's say, like a, a really beautiful fabric with lots of big cabbage roses. You're, you're yeah. embroidering just around the image that's there. Yeah, it's which is the great thing about fabric is there's already a pattern on the fabric. You can use that as your embroidery pattern then. You don't even need to um, transfer any patterns. Just follow the patterns on the fabric with your, you know, the stitches that you've learned. And from there, it becomes a piece of art, I think. And that's what's really fun. No two pieces will be alike. So what is one of your favorite stitches that people are not so familiar with? Because in your book that I got, um, the Pattern Collection book, you have like 30 modern motifs and 20 uh, traditional stitches. But what is one that that we may not be familiar with that's pretty amazing? Well, one of my very favorite to show people, and it seems simple to me, but everyone wants to see it over and over again, is the feather <laughs> stitch. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a very simple stitch once you get the hang of it. But the way you can uh, alter it, there's so many variations that you can do that it never looks like you're doing the same stitch. You, and adding a bead makes it look completely different. And, you know, making a single versus a double 
completely different, but it's all the one stitch. So that's one that I get asked to show over and over again. And it really is one of my favorite ones to just sit and stitch lots of that. You know, you do some of the projects uh, online, like you have a stitch along uh, on your, you know, people can follow along with you. How does that work? So the stitch along that I created was to encourage people just slow stitching, find one fabric that you love, put it in a hoop, and that is your basis for learning embroidery stitches. So basically finding a pattern fabric, and then once you learn a stitch, add it to that piece and keep building onto that to see what you can create. And it is a nice, it's slow stitching. is It's not going to be finished in one day. Like it's a project that will take you a long time, but that you can really enjoy it and work with it and gradually add to it. Yeah, I love the fact that, you know, you could do it as a group, do it together, um, that yeah. it's, it's more encouraging, right? Yes, definitely. And because it's not, you know, patterns you have to concentrate on, you can relax more in a group and sit around and just enjoy being with people and enjoy stitching. Yeah. Do you uh, do anything like in-person workshops? I do. Um, I'm on the East Coast. So I do lots of workshops on the East Coast. I also will be teaching at QuiltCon um, in Nashville next week. Um, I'll be teaching five classes there. So wow. I do teach workshops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll be tired. Five classes. That's a I lot. know, right? <laughs> fun tired. It's called fun tired. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and do you put those on your website, uh, Wild Boho, your where you where they yeah. can find you? Yeah, I keep all the details for where I'll be heading there. Okay, I love the bee. It's like I think that would be like the first one I try because you actually have a pattern for that one. Thank you very much. Yes. That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is fun, and that one I made more of a steampunk bee. But again, mm -hmm. it's up to your taste. If you didn't want it to have all those steampunk elements, you could stitch just a bee and it would look different than mine right right and and your website your photography is gorgeous people can co go there to wildboho.com and see how you display them I think that that's brilliant oh thank you yeah I, I have a lot of fun with the photography lots of close-ups too on my Instagram page Yes, yes, because it's nice to be able to see the different stitches. Even though you see one version in the book, you have them over and over again in different projects uh, as you're sharing. So that's fabulous. Yeah, exactly, just so people can see the variety. Yeah. Well, Nicole, this has been so much fun, and you are going to have a great time with your five Aww. full <laughs> classes of students at Quilcon. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, everybody, visit Nicole, and if you happen to be at QuiltCon, uh, look her up, say hello, tell her you heard her here on the podcast. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. We'll be right back. Issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, 
and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes. You don't want to miss out. Make your next quilt project a piece of cake using cake mix recipes from Moda Fabrics. This unique triangle paper is designed to work in conjunction with Moda's 10-inch square and 5-inch square pre-cuts that make baking a layer cake or charm square quilt easier than ever. Each pad includes enough sheets for each piece in your pre-cut stack, including a few extras for practice, plus a few simple block and layout ideas. Just mix with one or two Moda layer cakes or charm packs and you're ready to start stitching. Pick up ingredients for cake and cupcake mix recipes at your local quilt shop. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan, and for the second half of the show, I am thrilled to be able to talk about a subject that is helping others. Uh, I recently heard about this organization, this wonderful organization, called Help Heal Veterans. They've been around for 45 years. Their mission is to provide therapeutic craft kits to veterans to help them Learn not only just learn the craft, but focus on something different. And there, there's just a, this amazing uh, thing going on that I'm like, I need to know more about this. My friend Roseanne Kermis, you know, Roseanne is in here all the time on the show. She's the one that told me to call the CEO, Joe McLean. And so, Joe, you are here, and I am super excited. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Pat. I'm looking forward to talking to you about uh, what we do and the, the impact what we all do in the craft community has on people's lives. Now, I would love if you would just give me a little bit of your backstory. You're retired uh, Navy. Uh, what what did you do? Sure. So uh, I uh, uh, went to the Naval Academy, you know, many moons ago, and I ended up flying off of uh, aircraft carriers as a naval aviator. So I flew the uh, S3B Viking, which was a uh, – uh, sub hunter wart sea kind of a kind of a platform for many years. I was a commanding officer of a squadron and then commodore of, uh, of Sea Control Wing Atlantic, which is a multi squadron organization on the, down in Jacksonville, Florida. And I just love what I did. I, I flew. My, I was a son of my dad was in the army, mm-hmm. and uh, I went. It was I guess I was a bad kid. Went to Navy way, and uh, <laughs> just <laughs> just had a great career. You know. You're not just not so much just doing something really fun, you know. Flying jets mm-hmm. off of, off carriers is a blast. But we're just working with some really great people, you know, who uh, are a part of the service and just being part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah, we just uh, just as you were coming on, I had told you when we were emailing that I went to the Department of Defense school system in in Belgium, and so you also were overseas about the same time I was uh, going to to high school. And where were you at again? Uh, West Berlin, when there was yes. a West Berlin. <laughs> yes, right, right. Uh, that's a that was a different different time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it sure was. It sure was. Yeah. But uh, you know, going to a DOD school, kind of like you did, a small class, but really mm-hmm. close to a small group of people. And I still have some great friends in those days. Yeah. When you retired from the Navy, when you decided to go on and do other things, you're you're pretty much. 
I would call you an entrepreneur spirit from the things that I read that, that you've done. What, what did you want to do when you went to like the next step? You know, I think like a lot of folks, if you come out of the military, what you want to do is still be part of something that makes an impact. You know, it'll make a difference in someone's life, be it like from the business sense or like you talk about being entrepreneurial or a part of something, a, a great industry. So my last job in the Navy, I was on Capitol Hill. So I was uh, part of the Navy uh, liaison office, worked for SECNAV in, the, uh, in Capitol Hill, wore a suit every day, and got to know a lot of different members of Congress, folks on committees, and learn really about how policy is made, you know, and that was a great, great job. And I kind of wanted to try a little bit of that after the Navy, so uh, uh, I decided to apply and was selected to be uh, get into the trade association world. So I was uh, ah. president of the Beer Institute, and I got to tell you, all my friends in the Navy <laughs> thought I had the dream job for a sailor, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, working in the Beer Institute and working yeah. some great companies and uh, just helping to uh, tell the story about uh, brewers and importers and the economic impact they have. You know, which was just, it was just a great job. And I was there for a few years and uh, decided that I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different and call back to something a little bit more in the true service realm. Uh-huh. And, you know, we, we, all, we, we must be like, you know, like living, uh, not parallel lives, uh, Joe, but, you know, I worked for Anheuser-Busch for, mm. as, a, as a contractor for a period of time. So that was a pretty nice job. That was it was. Industry. It's a great company, and they make great beer too. Great, so. great beer, great beer. Yeah. So you you eventually found uh, Help Heal Veterans. Did you already know about the organization? You know, like a lot of folks, I did not. You know, Help Heal Vets uh, have been uh, working very quietly, mostly in the, the VA system, for forty some odd years. When I heard about them, and you know, I was in you know working and living in D.C. there, and. Uh, and we had always loved San Diego, my wife and I. And uh, when I decided to leave the BI, the Beer Institute, to move on, I know I wanted to go into the nonprofit realm and go back to working with vets and active duty military. And this job came open to CEO here. So I applied and got it. So it's kind of a, a great double whammy. You know, it was like I uh, got to come home back to California, where my wife's family is from. Mm-hmm. And I always loved being stationed here. And then you're working for just a great organization that – you know, we're trying to build up more word about what we do, but it's been quietly making a, a huge impact in the healing process of vets and active duty military for a long time. And I did not know much about crafting, you mm-hmm. know, other than what I did on my own, and really the science behind what it was. But once I got into it and learned more about the organization, I, I just really wanted to be a part of it and help move it forward. Joe, would you give me just a short little backstory about how Help Heal Vets actually came to be? Sure, happy to. So our founder was a San Diego businessman named Roger Chapin, uh, and he since passed on many years ago. But during the Vietnam War, he was at uh, went to Balboa Naval Hospital here in San Diego to visit some young Marines who were injured during the Vietnam conflict. And, you know, walking through, he does what, like, anybody would, you know, look at what, talk to a young Marine, said, son, is there anything I do to help you? And this young Marine turns to him and says, sir, you know, I'm bored as expletive here, you know, being yes. a Marine, and uh, is, give me something to do with my hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he went out to a local arts and craft store and purchased, you know, like what you could find there, like craft kits, leather, models, painting mm-hmm. type of stuff. And he brought it back to the ward. And it was a big hit with that Marine and with his buddies. And his buddies asked for more. 
So he went out and started doing that, and that's kind of a, eventually grew into uh, we, uh, what we do here at Heal Vets. You know, when we turned from like purchasing our own stuff to actually manufacturing, which you can talk about a little bit later, mm-hmm. and we've been kind of doing that ever since, supporting uh, the VA medical system, military hospitals, all the way down to small community programs like uh, we support a, a small veterans group on the Hopi Navajo Reservation out in Arizona. So, yeah, it is just amazing. I'm always, I just find it incredible. There are these super wonderful, you know, groups doing things that it's like I want to get the word out. That's why I'm so so happy to have you here because quilters, you know, we make stuff and we right. We know for many, you know, just from our own experiences, how that helps us get through lots of things, celebrating to grieving, you know, that we make stuff to work through it. You know, there, there must be, you know, I'm sure there's lots of studies about how crafting helps people. And you probably need to use those to help people understand your purpose. Yeah, we do. And actually, we support some. We're currently, we're supporting a... Uh a study financially with uh, Texas Women's University down in Texas. And mm. their OT grad school is doing it. We're doing a joint study with crafting for more of an occupational therapy pro- program. But, like, we just finished our own survey uh, of the 2,000 vets we support through our mail-at-home program, uh, and we just got some amazing results. It was uh, run by uh, Dr. Stussy, who is a former Navy doc, uh, mm-hmm. traumatic brain injury expert who's on our board of directors. And, you know, what, what was amazed me about that study, that survey, and about crafting and quilting and all that in general is that how it helps different people in different ways, you know? Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. folks who suffer from tragic brain injury, and crafting hurts them a certain way, or PTSD, substance abuse, homelessness, uh, mm-hmm. palliative care, all these things across the gambit. And it just, it's, it's a different, it's a very versatile tool that can be applied by a range of different docs and clinicians in different ways to really make a, a big impact in the healing process of a, of a soldier, sailor, airman, marine, or coast guardsman, or a veteran. I, mean, I see it every day. What was the first time that you have researched that crafting was used to help veterans? You know, when I first got here, I looked for research. And there are some out there, mm-hmm. like you said, but... For me, we we are more into the healthcare realm. So mm-hmm. very much I need to have it science based and because what we do is we support the healing process. So if we make a kit specifically because as a manufacturer that helps with traumatic brain injury, I'm looking for feedback and how can I make that kit better? Mm-hmm. You know, and as a manufacturer as well as a service provider, we can talk about all things we do a little bit later, but What's mm-hmm. great is about our ability here in Winchester is that if a clinician or doc says, I need to kit a certain way to work in a group setting that will take an hour and a half with a, mm. group, a group of men and women who work or are suffering through PTSD, we can mm-hmm. kind of help guide a kit that way. Or if a, uh, a at a, say, veterans home, which usually has older vets, are mm-hmm. all, you know, the, where the patient may be all upstairs mentally but no longer have, no longer have those fine motor skills. So mm-hmm. we can make something maybe with like a little bit larger needle, you know, and a little mm-hmm. bit easier for them to focus on and still be successful at. Because part of the healing project of whatever you do, as you well know, dealing with quilters, is mm-hmm. the, the joy and the confidence of creating something special. 
you know, right. and being able to finish that and being proud of that. And what we know for guys who work and gals who have PTSD is that's a huge part of the healing process, that success. If I could do something, a smaller task, I can take on a bigger task because I, I know success at this one other entity. You know, that is that is really fascinating. That is much more encompassing than I realized, you know, because, Joe, many of us just do it. You know, like, we're yeah, like, right. oh, you know, we even if we started when we're 40 or we started when we were six years old, we don't really have like that same purpose because we're doing it as a hobby. And sure. sort of these uh, these other things come into it after we do it. We realize what benefit we have, but we come at it a different way than you are. You're coming at it with a very specific purpose in mind. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and it's, but it's going to be different, used in different ways. Like mm-hmm. the VA medical system, who are big, strong supporters of, for, and all these kits are free, by the way, that we make and give away, mm-hmm. and we're donor supported. But, uh, they're, you know, we support all these VA medical systems who use them different ways. It may go to palliative care at some, or the spinal cord entry clinic at others, or mental mm-hmm. health clinic at another place, or just for just something fun to do for inpatients, or outpatients to take home as part of a substance abuse study, or program mm-hmm. rather. You know, yeah. and yeah. and that's all makes sense because you know there it's used it, all the things that quilting and crafting do. It, there may be something specific to that that helps with that challenge. For example, uh, traumatic brain injury. The the doctor therapist may want it more for those fine motor skills, help concentration, and to kind of help rewire the brain after a, a blast injury from a IED, you know, or mm-hmm. an accident or a car, sports accident or something like that. Right. For PTSD, it's that sense of accomplishment. Oh, getting your mind off your problems or whatever is oppressing you, you know, mm-hmm. and then that so that creativity, and that dopamine release for completing small tasks, and mm-hmm. uh, for substance abuse, you know, a craft a craft can help. You know, we hear from some of our vets who suffer substance abuse that you know I'm thinking about reaching for that that glass of wine or beer, mm-hmm. and I don't want to, so I want something to keep me busy because the downtime in between other my job and family is what is hard for me. So mm-hmm. having something doing their downtime. Is critical, and then for our young Marines coming back, just another example. Uh, sometimes it's hard for a Marine or soldier to bond with their family. They've been away for so long, but having a craft or a craft like project like quilting to do together helps you well, bond. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're talking, you're doing something together, you're relaxed, right. and you're yeah. bonding all of a sudden. So it, it is a, a it's Joe, just a personal tool. Real, we're going to take a real quick break, and then we're going to come back. Okay. Okay. Great. Our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more. Start at the beginning. Design your next quilt like the pros. Quilt designers Nancy Mahoney and Alice Blythe both use Electric Quilt 8 software to design their gorgeous quilts, and you can too. Get EQ8 and start designing just minutes after you purchase. Podcast listeners, take 20% off through May 31st, 2019 with code PODEQ8. That's P-O-D-E-Q-8. 
Get more info at electricquilt.com slash APQ. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I am having a wonderful conversation with Joe McLean of Help Heal Vets organization. This is the second half of our chat about what Help Heal Vets is. Joe, why don't you tell me a, just a real brief about what people can find on the website? Because it has a lot of things. It does. So sure. What you'll, you'll do is you'll find our, our website's a couple of things. One is first off to tell a little bit about what we do, as any organization does, but also a portal for vets or our military to sign up for a different program. So like if you or it's like if you're looking to support start your own program or you know a veteran who looks to engage, you think craft get hippie help, you know, they can come up on our website and they can sign up. We also have a, some examples of the products we offer, a little bit like a finance of financial data like any nonprofit, you know, that skeptical should put up there. Uh, and about news and events and whatnot. And we have a very robust Facebook and Instagram page as well. Oh, well, that's good to know. That's that's nice because people hang out in both of those places, and that's uh, a great way to connect and get to get the information out. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, you these kits and things, organizations will request them, but you also can have just an individual vet. Like if I knew somebody who I'm like, you know, I think this might help you, they can go to the website and apply to receive something or find out what's near them? Yeah, they sure can. Well, we have a couple different ways we support. You know, everything's free of charge to vets and military, first off, like I said before. So we support uh, military hospitals and VA medical centers. We'll also partner with groups like maybe a, a local VFW or AMVETS or a community center or a woman's shelter or a hospice. Mm-hmm. You know, all these different, you know, groups, community groups will apply. And if they support veterans, we'll do our best to support them with kits free of charge as well. And finally, we have our... Uh, a PHR, post-patient home rehab, or a vet who's actively undergoing medical care, health care, within the last six months can go on and sign up for our mail-at-home program, which we try to do a few, you know, three to four or five times a year, depending upon donations, and mm-hmm. we'll mail kits to, to their home. Well, so tell me what type of kits, you know, like we just talked about recently, they do vary for the purpose and where they're going and the group that's using them. But what are the variety of projects that you are developing? Sure. So we've been doing leather and wood for many years. It's uh, mm-hmm. basically uh, things such as, you know, messenger bags, dream catchers, purses, wallets, biker wallets. We have a great partnership with the Elks. We get deer skins. We make moccasins, oh. which is one of the, the most uh, popular kits in, mm. the, in the VA system for the inpatients. Mm. Uh, we'll make jewelry kits with beading. We do uh, uh, wood projects from birdhouses to clocks to shoe shine box, toolboxes. And we just started doing uh, fabric kits, now, maybe mm. the last year and a half. We have a okay. great partnership with Lazy Boy, who sends us some of their uh, fabric that's either excess or didn't make their quality cut, and we mm-hmm. use those to make uh, purses, uh, lots of things out of fabric for sewing. This is, and that's really new and exciting for us. It, uh, we're also starting to get more into quilting, supporting quilting at some of our other facilities as well. That's kind of new for us as well, and it's mm-hmm. something we're learning as we go along. But we have a pilot program in Chicago that's become very popular with our veterans. 
Now, some of these, we're going to, we're going to come back to quilting, Joe. So, sure. <laughs> but, but before that, I was, you do have a few videos on your website, and I was watching a few of them, and one of them starts out where it looks like a plaza, like anywhere USA, anywhere in the world, plaza, and a, a woman opens the door, and someone walks in, and there are the tables, and they're working, and that looked like that was one of your organization's facilities. That's correct. We have about three or four of those around the country. Chicago, Bay Pines, and down in uh, Temple, Texas, which all adjacent to very major VA medical centers. Uh, we find that sometimes the, the patients or the vets don't want to go into the VA, so we try to do our best to put a facility either near them where they can go. Uh, we also have employees and volunteers around the nation who uh, will run a program. Like, for example, our, our great gal, Lita in Albuquerque, may go to Kirkland Air Force Base in one day, or to a homeless shelter the next day, the community center the day after, and is really involved in bringing craft into the vet community there locally, reaching out. Okay, that's that's absolutely fantastic. So people can apply to be a coordinator, is that what you would call it, or a trainer? Uh, well, you know, we have just started that up. So one of the things okay. that we're looking to do is uh, start up a network. Because okay. I've heard a lot from the quilting community that, well, what can I do to help? And mm -hmm. we're trying to, we, what we want to do is share our knowledge and expertise with the folks out there who want to help veterans uh, by sharing, you know, because working with vets and sporting therapy is a little different, requires a little bit of training. So we're looking to provide that training for free to uh, a network of folks, and that can be either individuals or stores, retailers, suppliers, whatever, especially, you know, because I've been asked quite a bit. So we're trying to develop a program now. And we're establishing that soon. And uh, if anybody out there is interested in joining and learning more about that, they just email us at quilting at heelbets.org. Ah, fabulous. You have an email for us. We love you. Well, I do. We do. We just established <laughs> that. Cause mostly because I've been talking to Roseanne quite a bit uh, right. about this as well. And she's a vet as well. And has offered she me is. some great advice on uh, how to move, how to bring quilting to, to the best part of our therapy package. And you also are on the board for the craft. Uh, the, the crafting industry has a, a trade show, and you are on their board. So you're getting a lot of great feedback then from from the industry. You know, I, I am. You know, we are. It is, it is a great industry. But uh, yeah, I was just elected vice chair for the board just a few months back. So uh, and it's been great meeting. Uh, folks from the quilting industry as well as individual quilters at the show and it's just the passion it just it just floors me just how we all know how therapeutic what we do is and can be and we're just trying to we at heel vets are putting some science behind that and sharing some knowledge to make that even more impactful to supporting vets or others in your community and we just want to share what we know so let's talk a little bit specifically to quilt making where you know quilters have a lot of stuff joe I don't uh -huh. know if you've been to a quilter studio yet, <laughs> <laughs> into their basement, <laughs> but they, we have we have a lot of stuff, and we're a very generous group, and we know that sometimes we keep stuff way beyond our natural lifetime of use, and so we want to be able to share the wealth. Uh, is that something that is even possible for donations of fabric? For sure, for sure. We uh, a lot of the gifts that we get in are in kind donations. We may get wood donated or models or fabric or leather or like for Lazy Boy, you know, we, uh, we get a lot of their fabric. We have a great partnership with Southwest Airlines and Arise Veterans Group who sends us uh, uh, used airline seats, which we help into our kits as well. But the bottom line is yes. Uh, whatever, we are always looking for in-kind donations, be it fabric 
are things that we can use to help make into kits by either standalone stuff or maybe taking it, turn it around to groups who want to start up a quilting group as part of their hospital therapy, and we can get it to the VA or to the military for that as well. But also, what I'd ask your, your folks is that quilting's new to us. Uh, we don't have a lot of folks here on staff with a big experience, so I love to have to be able to share expertise as well. You know, from a two-way street. You know, we'll tell, teach you how about therapy, but I would really love to hear about quilting and design and how we can be more uh, creative in our offerings. You know, to the venture looking for something different, which quilting will be. You know, one of the things with uh, most quilting is that it takes a machine um, versus, you know, maybe some of the stuff that is uh, more like the leather crafts where you can kind of put a get together with that you don't need to have other tools. You know, you right. can do you can quilt by hand. There is there is that. But most of us are wanting a machine. So that is part of the equation that um, have you have you been exploring how that works in your environment? Like, you know, we, we've done all the stuff we've done is by hand. And it kind of has mm -hmm. to be that way, because, uh, right. for example, if folks aren't going to if you're in a VA hospital you, or you're not right. going to have a, a showing machine there, mm -hmm. mostly maybe, maybe it's for safety or if you're like at home and you're a young male vet, you may not have access to one. So, And a lot of the therapy does come from that hand movement type of thing. So the quilting we've done so far has been by hand, and we we tried that in Chicago with our group there. We have a storefront there mm -hmm. next to the VA Medical Center, and it was very successful. I mean, yeah, you're not – it takes a while, but, you know, it's it's the doing that is part of the therapy. You know, that's what – that hand movement. So, you know, we, okay. it's – yeah, it's going to be we created a better, better project, and you know it was going to be harder, but maybe more, more. Not, I don't want to use the word tedious, but it's going to require some repetitive motion. But that's where the magic happens in a lot of ways for the healing process. Oh, well, that's interesting. That is interesting because we tend to do more on the machines now as modern day. Sure. Uh, quilt makers, uh, anybody who sews, I mean, but people do handwork, there's embroidery, there's wool work, there's, you know, other, other things. We also, um, in the land of quilting, we end up uh -huh. with lots of kits, you know, people buy kits and then maybe over time are not interested in those kits, but they're, you know, they have a pattern and they have all the fabric usually. Would those be things that could be donated? For sure, we would love to see that because that makes it that makes it easier. I mean, we could take it, mm -hmm. review it a little bit, maybe change the instructions slightly because we have to make our instructions in a certain way for somebody who may have a brain injury to actually deal with, you know. Right. But right. Uh, we can take we can definitely use things like that for sure. Yeah, the I think the there are uh, or there's lots of guilds. You've probably heard about quilt guilds, have? They're like all over the, you know, the world. But guilds are have strong um, group things that they do. Like they might have charity things, uh, and you know, you might tap into what guilds could help with or want to do to partner with you. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think uh, you know the guilds do fundraisers. They just ask, hey, please consider us. You know, mm -hmm. as you do. Everyone, because we are active in just about every local community, either ourselves or through a partner, um, but also just that expertise there as mm -hmm. well. I mean, I think right. I've reached, I've heard from some guilds 
who are looking to do something local in their own community. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're setting up that network is maybe we can help you put you in touch with the, your local VA or a local military base or another nonprofit partner who might want to, you know, use quilting as therapy as part of their program. So we'd love to work more with guilds and, you know, just, just build, help build out the community and share kind of what we do. And what was the email again for our email, our quilting email? Yeah, it's quilting at healvets.org, H-E-A-L-V-E-T-S dot org. Okay. I'm going to also put that on my website, uh, everybody, so that you can you can have that direct. So so here's the, the um, $20 question, Joe. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> $20 so do, one's usually easier. I mean, I worry yeah. more about the $100 ones. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an easy one. So do you make things yourself? Oh, sure, I do. I do. So uh, uh, I found – actually, it's kind of funny, Pat. My, uh, my kids always called me the warrior hippie. You know, kind of thing, because uh, obviously the military background, but I always t- uh, told the folks who work for me that you got to have a balance in life, and you just can't be hard all the time. And sometimes the military, we kind of think of things a certain way, but bring art into your life. So what I do is I play the guitar and I figure draw, you know, uh-huh. and then I'm also uh, doing my own project here to help design kits. Uh, like for right now, I'm trying to work with our folks here to design a guitar strap kit, because I'm a guitar player. So that's my current project, but I find it myself, you know, for all things that, have, you know, I deal with a little PTSD and some other stuff too, but yeah. I find that very helpful and very healing. Joe, this has been fabulous. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Pat. Thanks so much for helping spread the word. And, uh, yeah. and maybe sometime in the future we get our study done or we get more up on the Heal Vets Network, I'd like to come back and, and talk to you more about that. Excellent, excellent. Everybody visit Joe's uh, organiz- Joe's head of he's the head of HealVets.org. Go and see what it's all about. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Thank you.